So we see an amazing thing, which is that a person's appearance is an incredible predictor of the sort of person they are. And yet, how can it be? Because we understand that a person's appearance is not them. It's not their personality. It's not their character. It's not their mind. It's, uh, it's the external. It's, it's the visibility uh, 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 of all of that, the appearance of all of it. Uh, or uh, the appearance of, of the mind is complicated, however we would put it. And yet we say that we can frequently predict what a person is like based on their appearance, based on their body, based on their face, what's going on. So one way to look at it is uh, the genetic perspective, that, it, uh, that there's a correlation between the, apparent, the, um, the phenotype and the, the mental states, uh, meaning the, the physical appearance and the... Uh, and the, 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 the mind and all of this in reference to the genotype, in reference to the genetics. But uh, that's one thing. But another thing, kind of more psychological perspective, is that we uh, d- develop uh, our self-esteem, n- our need for self-esteem is obviously number one. And uh, that's the, the kind of defining uh, phase of, of most of our lives that never ends and that incorporates chiefly, or very much so, our, our physical appearance, whether or not we think that we are beautiful uh, or not, and whether or not we think that other people think that we are beautiful or not, and the same thing with our weight, and the same thing with our uh, other att- physical attributes, so forth and so on. So consequently, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. A person looks at their body, they say in their, say, 13, 14, 15, they say, that's me. How other people perceive me is me. How I perceive myself is me. And then the self-esteem and the psychology and the reactions form around that kind of conception. So that's another way to to look at it, bypassing any technical questions of the relationship between the mind and the appearance and this and that. So (laughs) is it good or not? So we say that, oh, it's good if a person is is very beautiful and bad if otherwise, but it's not so simple, right? Because we understand, it's needless to say, the, the cliche that, what is it, beauty is skin deep or something like that, that if a person is very physically attractive, but inside they're very rotten, that's nobody that we want to be, that's nobody that we want to associate with, unless our pride compels us to for the, for the short term, but it doesn't end good. So we see that even in that case, it's not such a good idea. Whether or not a person is extremely beautiful or perceives themselves to be extremely beautiful or vice versa, or in the middle, it's not a good idea to form our self-concept and our self-esteem around our body, around our look, around their appearance. And we see consequently that amazingly that something so simple, how the sight that stares back at a person in the mirror and in relation to that, that a person now since those formative years, 50 years could go by and their, their whole life is structured around those few images. Their, their politics, their ideology, their beliefs, their self-esteem, their emotions, they're all uh, 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 kind of heavily, heavily influenced by how a person felt about their body, about their appearance, uh, and also by things to do closer to their body, their temperament, their, their kind of physiological reactions during uh, key developmental phases. It's amazing. So we see what's the, what the, this is, we see it's not healthy, it's not the ideal, because whether or not uh, a person, as, as we just said, is very beautiful or, or contrary, it's not uh, what forms, if, if, when we form our identity off of our appearance, it's not a good look. And, and there's, no, there's no way from that to, to attain to, to a high degree of mental health and to become a great person and nice and all that kind of stuff. So what's going on here? What's going on, right, is that we stop at our development at that phase when that's the, those things are, are, are relevant to our uh, kind of psychological needs. 
And consequently, every person stops in a different place and every person has a, a very different psychology that has been influenced by their body, by their temperament. And uh, by having all of that factored in, the unique circumstances that, that a person was in with their family and friends and community and society and, and social norms and standards and uh, uh, the zeitgeist, whatever that means, the, the, t- the times meaning, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. And every person has a, a very unique subjective uh, consequently, uh, personality and character, and they, they they believe very different things, and they they're they're very different kind of opinions, and and all of this. So we say that um, one way perhaps to think about it is that in a race, uh, let's say people are running a marathon, everybody starts out on the on the line, and they then they go, and very soon everybody's distributed somewhere along the the twenty six miles. Somebody is uh, up in the in the front. Somebody's in the back. Somebody's in this position. Everybody's in a different position. But if, if assuming that obviously once you hit the finish line, you go get a drink, you you go relax and, and celebrate if you don't collapse and and all of this. But uh, assuming not, assuming a person gets to the finish line and then sits uh, at, or stands exactly on the line, eventually every single person, even if it was ten thousand people that are running a race, if they have races that big will be on the same exact precise line, won't they? Even if it took a long time, even if they were stragglers and they started in the back, long enough, as long as they don't quit, as long as they don't, uh, you know, they're, they're physically capable of doing it, they're going to get there, even if they crawl. So we see here that uh, kind of uh, the goal for our human development as a way to think about it is that it is singular. It's not that the ultimate goal is not for all of us to be extremely unique in these kinds of ways that are so influenced by our body and by the the other things again temperament and things like that. It's it, it's to attain a state of of uh, perfection, a state of humanity, a state of objectivity that is basically the same, influenced by particular things. Every person, the, the voice is a little different there. Uh, their their preferences a little different this and that, but essentially otherwise the same. Meaning there is, we would say, a finish line, or at least there's a line where where, where everybody kind of gets on the same page and then keeps going. We wouldn't say there's a stop, but there's that line. And right now, all of us are straggling somewhere in the back. One of us is in the uh, uh, or or uh, on the way. One of us is here. One of us is there. And consequently, we're all very very different. The idea is it's not. The, the ideal state. So, what's an example? We say, no. What do you mean? This is this the individuality that is is uh, is great. Yada yada. So we say, uh, looking out on all, all the rest of life, the simpler the life is, the more the same it is. Good luck trying to say we have a bunch of squirrels living in our backyard. If we live in a backyard or somewhere which has backyard has squirrels, um, good luck trying to distinguish the squirrels based on their personality, based on their character. We're not saying it's impossible. Maybe with a tremendous amount of observation and patience and diligence, we can make some interrelations. We can say this squirrel with this mark on its uh, on its stomach is, is very, gets very nervous. Look, it's a, a reaction. We timed all the reaction times when we snap our fingers. This squirrel's a little bit more feisty. This one's a little bit less. This, we're not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's, it's hard. If we take uh, the, the ants, hopefully not living in our, in our home, but, but maybe, it'll be even harder to distinguish them based on their individu- individual characters and personality, and they're perhaps impossible. Maybe we can measure the, the rate of movement, some, something like that, some kind of physiological type of metric, but it'll be even harder. 
right? Ne never mind, obviously, distinguishing personality, the personality of, of single-celled organisms and bacteria. And yet we say that the smarter the life, the easier it is to distinguish personalities. And uh, uh, when it comes to, to dogs, that, that we can already, uh, even if the, the breed is the same, this dog is more aggressive, this dog is nicer, this dog is potty trained, so many more things. When it comes, obviously, to higher primates, they're, they're very unique. All right? If we uh, ask... Um, name Jane uh, Goodall, Goodall who, who who observed the um, uh, I believe it's the the chimpanzees she would say this one is this name this one is that name they all have a unique personality absolutely so we see then we get to us and we're the most unique because we have the most intellect or that's a way to think about it we we consider the most things but right now our uniqueness consists in our reaction to again our body to our physio to our physiology to our unique life circumstances to the to our unique upbringing uh, right so one person let's say there's two twins one twin is raised in, uh, in by parents that are wise and loving and another twin is raised by parents that are goodness forbid abusive and or at the very least ignore the child and don't teach them anything and so forth and so on are the twins going to be the same uh, not again. We would have to, to reference twin studies, and there's there's surprising similarities, even when raised in very different circumstances. But are they going to be? They're going to have absolutely the same emotional reactions and the same psychology. We would say no, right? Uh, depending on kind of the disparity, if it's just an average upbringing versus a slightly better one, okay, maybe they'll meet somewhere, but um, maybe maybe be similar. But uh, if it's very, very, very different, it's very, very unlikely they'll be the same, despite the same ge genetics, uh, identical uh, or, or nearly so, right? Whatever they would say, uh, genetics, twins. So um, we say, uh, or for example, the same thing, twins, but one. Uh, is uh, something happens against her bit and, and the, the body changes a lot maybe the face the, there's a lot of acne during puberty something like that and then also could be a, an additional complex an additional issue that the other twin doesn't have uh, and, uh, and so forth and so on so we see that our unique individuality right now is informed by these kinds of chance circumstances right these are my parents this is how I looked and looked this is my body this is my uh, my, these are my natural reactions. I get nervous in public. I get so I'm going to respond, so forth and so on, right? But we want to get to a point of objective individuality where each person is reflecting, is 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 living out a unique idea, but as, uh, uh, having worked through and 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 uh, passed up all of this kind of subjectivity again. This is where I grew up. This is my parent. This is my personality. These are my. This is my personality that developed in response to all of that. You get the point. So, meaning meeting at a certain line, as if a, as if in the marathon, and continuing to go, but already on an objective territory. Right? And, and uh, it, we see each animal species. They represent a way to think about it. Of course, we see how they're incorporated in mythology and and in and world literature and Aesop's fables, all these kinds of sly fox. We see that each animal would kind of anthropomorphize it, of course, but we see nonetheless, even scientifically studying them, that they have patterns of behavior. They show uh, and demonstrate that different qualities, the kind of a Wizard of Oz, right? The bravery of a lion, whether or not it's actually brave, I have to see, but the studiousness of an ant. Every species is doing something, contributing its share to the whole and, and kind of um, working out and bringing out some kind of aspect of reality that if we study it carefully, we can, we can be very impressed. Uh, and, and how they do it just with amazing consistency without fail uh, or consciously at least and in, in just year after year that the plants uh, bloom at the right time through the flowers and the leaves come out at the right time and the birds start singing every morning within uh, 
at most probably 20 minutes, but usually even sometimes within two to three minutes uh, uh, every day, the same time without it, without an alarm clock, without a timer. The ants continue to scurry. The termites build their nest. The fish swim. The salmon go upstream to, uh, to lay their eggs and or hatch their eggs. Said it right. The, the grizzly bear eats the salmon. It's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing, beautiful thing. And the only break that there is is with us right? because we have our self-esteem needs and, and we... Our psychology responds and uh, forms in relation to the different kinds of contingencies to do with our self-esteem. So we want to get to a point where we are just like the other animals, but not in terms of our lack of intellect. No, not in terms of our animality, in terms of our humanity, in terms of our um, unique uh, demonstration of some or another attribute uh, of reality, of, of some or another kind of uh, idea, we would say. All right, so this is more of a it's more of a metaphorical probably type of a notion as opposed to anything specific or anything particularly applicable but it can still be helpful or at least interesting to sometimes think like this as well so we can do it thank you for listening